What's up, Cardboard Nation? We have an exciting industry summit recap episode of GoGTS Live tonight. Uh, really just GoGTS, I guess, for one evening. However, it's a great show. It's exciting. You're going to want to watch. We're going to have some awesome prizes to give away. If you don't follow us on Twitter yet, make sure you follow us, twitter.com slash Live. If you do follow us on Twitter, you know that one of the incredible prizes that we have for this week is a one-of-one Trevor Lawrence Panini Black Nike Swoosh Relic card. Absolutely insane hit. We'll have the box break coming up. But guess what? We actually had a very good box break as well. So the other hits we're going to be giving away are pretty awesome prizes too. So you're going to want to make sure you watch that entire box break. Um, but as I said, tonight's a little bit different. This is a pre-recorded episode. We have a bunch of footage, interviews, behind-the-scenes things from the Industry Summit, uh, which happened this last week in Las Vegas, uh, brought to you by Beckett. So we were there uh, as representatives of GTS Distribution. Uh, we had full access. We got to get see a lot of really cool things. So we're going to tell you all about that. So buckle in, grab your popcorn, don't go anywhere, watch this. Hey, David. So we're here at the Industry Summit in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, tell me quickly about what GTS is doing for customers and for attendees of the summit. Well, we're a large sponsor of the Industry Summit. We're a big fan uh, to help promote the industry. So we sponsored, um, we basically had 100 uh, participants that we sponsored, customers of ours, um, including employees to help uh, bring out to the conference and uh, generate more business ideas for them. Awesome. And then tonight we kicked off with the GTS tailgate. Tell me about that. It was a fun event really to help network and socialize, get people back together because we haven't seen them for a long time. But we had a cornhole tournament, ping pong tournament, um, a lot of good food, just really good fellowship, chance for a lot of people to get together and share business ideas. It was really a successful event. So with all that getting back together after all this time, uh, but the hobby definitely hasn't slowed down. What do you see in the next six months for the hobby with that? More people getting out, more people seeing each other. Um, you know, what are you and your customers sort of seeing? Uh, we're seeing a lot more growth, a lot more investment, um, a lot more optimism in the industry. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of news going on in the industry, but the market is really healthy. There's a lot of people making investments, bringing new ideas, business ideas that are going to make big changes in the industry and continue to help the growth. So we're very bullish and optimistic about the future for sure. We're here at the Industry Summit and we've wrapped up our first full day. 
It was a jam-packed day that started with breakfast at like seven o'clock this morning. Now, I don't know about you, I didn't make it down here for breakfast. Did uh, I didn't make it down here for breakfast either. Yeah, yeah. That's um, just too early for me. I'll go protein bar or yeah. hope I get some. Hope it, the food leaves late, you know? I mean, the, the biggest thing is thank you for getting me one coffee. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because they carted the, first impressions, they carted the coffee away right after way, breakfast. Way too what? early. Oh. Yeah, you can't do that, can't do that. But the rest of the day, uh, just to give everybody an idea of what goes on at the industry summit, you know, what is this? It's not like the national where everybody gets to go. So today after breakfast, well, how about keynote speaker, um, Mr. Raider himself, Tim Brown, Notre Dame fighting Irish alumni, mm -hmm. Heisman Trophy winner, Hall of Famer, and everybody got to take a picture with him. And they, they, he was brought to you by GTS oh, Distribution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how Tim Brown <laughs> of Notre Dame fame was. I was given a choice and I went, Tim Brown. <laughs> <laughs> but he really was a great speaker. Yes. Uh, talked about his career as well as gave some inspiration and some motivation. So I, I really enjoyed that, even though I've never had a personal connection to him through Notre Dame or the Raiders. Yeah, he um, was funny, um, informative, engaging. He asked... Uh, before it even started, can we please have a Q&A session? I want to talk to the people. What did you keep from your college career that's most valuable to you personally? Um, you know, I, um, we're, we're doing this, uh, some of you guys have heard this, but uh, we're doing this, what we call the HGH documentary, Heisman to all. Uh, there are only 10 guys who have won the Heisman and uh, next, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be able to be uh, shooting my part of the documentary. And uh, I think that, you know, they were like, well, we don't want to do football lessons. And we're like, I don't have a football place to take because uh, the lesson I learned at the University of Notre Dame did not happen in football. Uh, I was 17 years old when I got into my birthdays in late July. So when I got to Notre Dame on campus, I was 17 years old. When I left, I was 21. And, uh, you know, I tell people uh, that for years, the hair on my, on my toenails, man, you know, it made you a grown man, right? A lot, of, a lot of lessons you learn, you know, a lot of things you probably do different. Um, you know, one of the things that a lot of people probably don't know about me, like, you know, for whatever reason, it doesn't come up, or I don't talk about it, or whatever, but when I left the University of Notre I had a high in the on one hand, I had a Notre Dame degree on the other hand, and I had a baby on the way on the other hand, on the other side. And uh, so uh, I had a lot to deal with, a lot going on. Uh, but to your question, the one thing that I learned, uh, well, this is what happened. So in the dorms, there are only two bathrooms in the two rooms of the bathroom, right? And going into my senior year, I was, I was number two in the list. And uh, so I go in big room four three. And the room I was supposed to take was four eight. So the guy behind me, number three guy, he makes four eight. And uh, he comes to me and says, Yeah, what happened? I thought you were going to say, I said, I didn't take the room. So you chose the wrong room. He was like, Let's go to the bottom of the You know, right there, you know, let's, let's uh, rectify the situation. So we come in there, me and Jimmy, you know, Jimmy's a big guy, Jimmy likes him around, you know. Now, father, what do you think of that? 
So the next session was uh, on protecting your like loss prevention in yes. your hobby shop or hobby business, which I just found fascinating. Um, and it was actually presented by a police chief uh, or a police officer from the LA uh, Las Vegas Police Department who has a Randy division. Randy Klonuski. Yeah. Randy Klonuski. I knew that. Thank you, Officer uh, Klonuski. But they specifically have a division on retail loss. So I know a lot of hobby shops maybe in smaller cities, and he talked about that. He's like, you know, your city may not have a police department dedicated to this, so hopefully this helps you out because these are the things we've been able to study since we're, we're actually, you know, the kind of city that has that much retail theft. If you're watching the show, you know we report on hobby crime news, and unfortunately, it's been on the rise. So loss prevention, store security was an important topic. And I was observing, and it was extremely engaging for the audience. Um, Do we have time to give them two? What, what, was there one tip that stood out for you? Uh, yeah, it had nothing to do with actual store security, but the idea of the hobby is so hot right now, the dollars it's attracting, that's also where counterfeit dollars go. Mm. I, that never occurred to me. Now, I know when you're a store owner, chances are when you're dealing with hundreds, you take that pen and you do it anyway. But what about at a show? I know I've paid guys in cash and they're not doing that, you know? So maybe you should. I have the attention slipped through getting. so many hundreds. <laughs> you, you have not. Not, 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 not a single, a crime not a single on, one. No. <laughs> You can see what I, I think I bought a $5 card at the National. Um, but the other thing that he said that I really thought oh, was yeah. interesting was, you know, so, so many people get a camera and they think that's good. And the camera is mounted on the ceiling. They actually, they say, you know, they want it out of the way. He says, no, put it right here. And he, he was a bald gentleman. And he said, you know what the camera from the ceiling gets, gives to the police? The top of your head. He's like, that's all they can see. So with masks and everything. So he's like, get a camera and actually have it at a place where they can see people that come into the store. So absolutely, come into the store at the register, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, the better security you have at point of sale and door entries, the safer you're going to be. I really enjoyed the next section, our segment, Social Media 101: Maximize Your Brand Workshop, led by Sports Card Investor Jeff Wilson and uh, the Director of Marketing Kelly. Kelly. Mm -hmm. And what was interesting is I've I've been to enough of these at this point where 
when we first started talking about social media, you know, like how new it was. And now all these years later, how it's still so important. And I saw some of the old timers that didn't necessarily sit down a few years ago. Mm -hmm. They were in there today. So, you know, old dogs can learn new tricks, I guess. Well, for sure. And I think one of the things that Jeff and Kelly did really well was because um, I actually hear it from shop owners and breakers. Again, we alluded to it earlier, like, oh, I can't get enough. I've got more demand than I have enough stuff. Why do I need to do extra? And they really sort of answered that with like, because you're building that community, you know, the, the community. and I saw heads nod as they talked about, you know, and this came up in the breaker chat as well. A lot of times people see a, a whale jumps in and so they think they're okay but those whales also jump back out. Right. So who's there when they jump out? It's the community that you've built. The school of fish, right? Yeah, exactly. I love it. That's a great point. Earlier uh, segment, we talked a little bit about the next uh, breakout sessions led by Mike Fruitman was the local card shop breakout. Mm -hmm. And then Real Breaks, um, Tom Holland, uh, Ryan Holland and Tom Klusinski mm -hmm. led the breaker panel. Um, you sat in on the breaker panel a little bit. What was some of the feedback and what was the dynamics going on so there? So the first best part was Ryan did not make a panel. He said, look, we're all just gonna sit in this room and talk. Okay. He's like, I'm not an expert. I've only been doing this for a few years. But there was the heaviest of hitters in the room. I mean, you had Rich Layton in there. You had uh, Doug and Dan from Mojo Breaks. You know, you had Tom and Ryan from Real Breaks who, you know, they're a little bit newer relative to those guys, but have just shot off shot off uh, in the last three years. Yep. And one thing that was reiterated by everybody, including Doug and Rich, two of the oldest, you know, in history and most successful, is that a rising tide lifts all boats. Mm -hmm. Like they, they, Rich said, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for Doug 10 years ago answering this email on how to do stuff. And Doug said the same thing. He's like, look, everybody in this room, you can talk to me at any time. And I just, I love it that we're in a hobby where yes, there's a lot of money. There's a lot of money to be made. Yes, everybody wants a piece of the pie, but the people that you see truly succeed and last in it are also understanding of the fact that you know, marketing helps everybody. Being good people helps everybody. What goes around comes around. Relationships. Treat people good the way you want to be treated. Yeah. Doesn't it come back to that? You yeah. know, the golden rule. We were all taught it as kids. How important is it in business? We we watch it out here. How mm -hmm. important it is. Um, that's great. That's great. I know that there was a lot of engagement with Mike Fruitman and the uh, the shop owners. I didn't sit in for the whole thing, but got good feedback on that. They had a lot of prize drawings. And then going on right now, brand new company to the marketplace, Beyond Protocol. They're heavily involved in the blockchain and um, how that's all going to connect collectibles and whatnot. Very, almost too complicated for me to go into. Um, they're having a Monday night football party right now. And so that's gonna go to 9.30 and then breakfast starts at seven in the morning again. So like I said, they're jamming a ton of great content and entertainment into this event. So that was Monday. I'm here now to talk a little bit about Tuesday because frankly, Tuesday, by the end of it, we were so exhausted. We didn't sit down to film a recap video. We all just went to bed. So Tuesday uh, started off uh, early with social media 202, 
the next steps, which was led by the sports card investor team in the main ballroom. Uh, there was also a presentation on serving versus selling the customer from Joe Davis at J&J Sports Superstar in a separate ballroom. Uh, however, Rob and I both attended the sports card investor team uh, meeting because we thought that that information was really valuable for hobby shop owners um, and breakers. They talked a lot about building a YouTube presence. And there was actually one stat that they shared among all of their other stats that I really thought was interesting, which was that in the past year, when they go to, in and break down the, the metrics, there are their female viewership has gone up by 2% in the last year. Now that may sound like a small number, but 2% of 115,000 subscribers, that's actually a really significant contribution to the hobby. You know, 3,000 roughly more women watching sports card content on YouTube. So I thought that was really cool to see and here and i know that a lot of the shop owners in the room got some really strong value from learning more about how to actually youtube and have a social media presence on there so at 10:30 a.m. panini took the stage for their corporate presentation and i mean it would be unfair to say that it was a little awkward that they didn't address any of the nfl or nba crowd at all since most people seem to believe that that makes them the most money but that said, it was a really great presentation. Um, one of my takeaways would be I'd love to see a day at the industry summit where a company like Panini has four blocks to talk about everything because they brought it for this UFC presentation. So they had two UFC fighters, uh, Dustin Poirier and um, Jorge Madvidal. Masvidal? Sorry, I'm... UFC fighters to me are, uh, you know, NBA draftees to Rob. So uh, they were both there as well as the, um, the head of marketing for the UFC and uh, Jason Howarth from Panini and the product designer from Panini, hosted by Tracy Hackler. And it was really cool um, to hear the players talk, to hear the UFC corporate talk about their experience working with Panini and the unexpected success or at least unexpected level of success they had. Um, so like I said, as a presentation, it was really great. Um, in fact, at one point, Tracy Hackler pulled out color, color blast, uh, parallels of Dustin and Jorge handed them to them and said, Hey, how much do you think this card is worth? And Dustin said, I think about a hundred for mine, probably and Tracy said, would you be shocked to know that they sell for about $3,200? And they both just gasped. Um, so that was a really cool moment. Um, at the same time, uh, Jorge Masvidal uh, said that he is opening a hobby shop. So using some of his UFC success to parlay that into the hobby. So very cool presentation. Of course, everybody was a little disappointed that Panini didn't address anything regarding the NFL, the NBA, release calendar, um, you know, updates on product availability for, for dealers. But... It is what it is. We move on. Next up, we had uh, Brad Jared, the finance coach, who presented on building wealth. Um, it was a, a combination of some rich dad, poor dad, Dave Ramsey, uh, a lot of those types of things. So that was there for the shop owners and breakers that have experienced this wealth in the last 18 months or so, what, what they can do to take care of that. 
then there was a, a session from BAS Authentication led by Steve Grad and Brian Sobrero, um, followed by Brian Gray talking about what am I worth valuing your business and yourself, uh, which was pretty cool because I think a lot of times owners don't even know how to put a sticker price on their business. And we've all heard about allocations. You know, we know about allocations. We know about the challenge they are. Uh, it came up a few times this week uh, that allocations themselves carry value. So your hobby shop or your break business carries value if you have those allocations. Um, at 1 p.m., there was a special guest, Las Vegas Knights, Jonathan Marceau. I think I'm pronouncing that right. He's the... Uh, goalie for the Las Vegas Knights. Fanatics Live did an interview with him. And if you don't know about Fanatics Live, they actually do a lot of in-depth interviews and one-on-ones with uh, various athletes. And they have a system set up where basically Fanatics credit card holders can purchase one-on-one -on -one packages to be part of those, almost like an online meet and greet. This one was a little different because it was, was live. But again, brought to you by Fanatics Live, so that was interesting. And then CIS Collectibles presented on their collectibles insurance services. So if I'm not jumping into total depth on those, that's because for better or for worse, a lot of them really pale in comparison to the influencers power panel that came up from 2 to 3 p.m. And this featured Ken Golden of Golden Auctions, DJ Ski, who has done Tops Project 70, um, partnered with eBay for their national promotion, um, and is just a pretty big collector in and of his own right. Uh, Dan Fleischman, who is the founder of Cards and Coffee and the Coffee Breakers. So that's uh, a local card shop in the middle of Hollywood. It's the one that has the robot and the security guard. So very... Um, you know, 21st century card shop that opened in the middle of the pandemic. And he actually mentioned some monster, monster numbers that they are doing as a new shop because the demand is just so high. And of course, the big name in the room at the time now is uh, Josh Luber, recently announced as the president of Fanatics uh, Sports Card Division or Sports Card Initiative or whatever they're calling it and doing. So, of course, uh, Luber took the mic first to say, basically, um, there's not much I can say about Fanatics and their plans. So the elephant in the room did not get addressed. It was really sort of just left hanging there. While he did say uh, quite a lot about supporting hobby shops he talked about loving the hobby. Um, he talked about, you know, taking a smart approach. And he did actually say one, one sort of funny thing was he mentioned he recently moved to Austin and he walked into uh, a shop there and had a less than, less than high uh, experience. Um, you know, it was a little bit scary. It was dark. You know, some of the things that in the crime pre prevention session earlier, they'd said, don't don't have this. So it sounds like he's at least getting out there and seeing stuff and trying to figure out how to um, navigate the hobby landscape with Fanatics reach and Fanatics uh, history of how they sell product. Um, but he did say the hobby shops are the front line of the hobby. 
they're the they're the lifeline. They're they're the the blood of the hobby. So that'll definitely be more interesting to see. Um, but other than that, it was a lot of them revealing basically why they're bullish on the hobby. You know, Ken Golden talking about numbers and what he's seen. Um, Dan Fleischman talking about, like I said, opening a hobby shop in the middle of a pandemic and having, you know, millions of dollars in sales in their year. Uh, I believe he said 18 million specifically, doing 18 million of sales in their first year. So that was pretty awesome, uh, especially because. You know, DJ Ski up there as a collector just shared a lot of his enthusiasm for the hobby, which I think is cool. Um, but if you don't know, he is connected to so many people, uh, actually discovered a ton of artists that are now chart topping. Um, and so they talked a lot about that, the intersection of culture and the hobby and how getting celebrities, getting athletes, getting musicians on board with collecting is only going to expand the reach of it. And that they're, they seemed pretty confident that they have access to those people. So, so that was probably the biggest thing that we got out of that, uh, influencers power panel, um, no specific details on if, you know, fanatics is buying a company or starting from scratch or what their distribution model will be. None of that, but they were there, they were present. And, uh, Josh did talk a lot about collecting. So hopefully, you know, we'll have some good news in the weeks to come. After that, they closed out the evening with uh, two workshops side-by-side, side, Building Your E-Commerce Platform from Tyler Feldman of Inscriptographs and a panel on women in the hobby uh, called Making Our Mark, which was led by Janice Mabra from TriStar Productions, who a lot of people don't know. She's been <laughs> making TriStar run uh, for years, um, a strong force in the hobby behind the scenes. Uh, and then Sarah Layton from Layton Sports Cards. And I'll tell you, one of the things I heard from multiple people this week was, and let's be frank, it, it is still very much a lot of guys that look like me, a lot of them older, a lot of them younger. Um, but there were more women there than any of the attendees say they've ever seen. More women involved, more women engaged. And I think that's a step in the right direction. Um, so pretty exciting to see a session focused on that and exciting to see what they do as more and more collectibles become available that cater to that market. So that said, that was day two. Um, packed day, day that left you exhausted. Lots of good conversations and networking and checking out all the presenters and the product showcase as well. Um, and so without further ado, I'm going to let you not only hear from me, you're also going to hear from Mike Summer, the Wax Pack Hero, uh, who has the podcast Wax Pack Hero, on our impressions as first timers coming to the summit. What's up, everybody? We're finishing up our first full day at the Industry Summit, and I've got Mike Summer from Wax Pack Hero, and that guy over there, Ivan Lovegren at Watch the Breaks. And behind the camera here, change pace, Rob Bertrand from GTS Distribution. So I want to know, guys, as first-time Industry Summit attendees, you, Mike, I know you attended last year virtual. Yeah. Um, but physical for both of you, what is your initial reaction? And Mike, you can go first. 
Yeah, I think I'm, I've been impressed with the turnout. You know, there's a lot of people that are here eager to learn about how to be a better participant in this hobby, you know, from a business perspective, whether that's a shop owner, whether that's a business owner, whether that's somebody who's creating or producing content, people are here and they seem to be eager to learn. And that's encouraging to me. Um, and I see a lot of focus on building relationships as well, which is, I think, an important piece of success in this hobby. And so the, that focus on learning and the focus on building relationships has been, has stood out to me, I guess, as, as something that's been impressive so far. Everybody seems approachable, even new people who you don't know, necessarily know what they're bringing to the table, but everybody's been approachable. The energy's been good. What about you, Ivan? Uh, so I definitely echo what Mike said about, you know, the eagerness to learn. It's so easy to rubber stamp the, you know, the hobby business as old, you know, stuck in their ways, uh, you know, guys, and even the industry summit itself is like, you know, the, the, the show for the old stuck in their ways guys. And it is not that at all. Um, you know, we did a breakout session where breakers went in one room and shop owners went in another room. And just looking around the audience, there was all age ranges, you know, all, all like 30 year shop owners and three month shop owners. Mm -hmm. And everybody that's here is trying to figure out how to do things better, you know, mm -hmm. what they don't know. And so the spirit of it is just great. Um, you know, Beckett's done a great job creating a lineup of value. Mm -hmm. um, uh, somehow they snuck in and uh, invited me on a panel. Uh, but uh, but actually, that was a really funny experience. Um, Talk about that, guys. You were both on the same panel mm -hmm. uh, for people wanting to learn about podcasting and webcasting. Talk about that. Well, it was really fun because it actually followed right after the breaker and the, and the hobby shop breakout session. And so I feel like we had quite a few of the people that were from in the breaker one hearing about that technology, but really wanting to tell a story to like, there's the cards and there's the selling the cards and all that. But there's so many stories behind why any of us co collect and how we connect because of that. And so talking about value, we, in our group, it was a bit smaller of a breakout session but we were able to intimately talk with each of the attendees and find out why they wanted to do it. And I feel like every single one told us that they got value out of the session, which was really cool to me. Yeah, I'd say the same thing. You know, it was so great to be able to just sit there and connect with each individual person. And we got to dig into what type of show are you thinking about doing? What type of webcast are you thinking about doing? And why do you want to do it? And what, what, do you, what value are you hoping to add to the community by sharing these stories and pulling these, these um, interviews or conversations together. And you could almost see the light turn on on, on some of those folks, right? Mm -hmm. like, like, oh, I didn't think about that before. And, you know, that was good. And so then to, to have that conversation later or to, to have them come up and say, hey, is it okay if I reach out and, and follow up with a few more questions that I've got? That tells me that hopefully that they were getting something out of it, that um, some of the things that we were trying to share, some of the things that we learned along the way as we were you know, doing our shows or that we were um, figuring and learning the ropes, hopefully that means that they got some value out of that too. And so it, it, was, it was a great way to connect with people who are brainstorming. Again, desiring to learn, desiring to grow and expand beyond what they're doing today. Yeah, and they all had connections to a shop. And so I actually started off by asking, 
Because um, one of the things we hear a lot is like, I, I can't do anything more without more product. You know, it's like, it's so tough to get product. And so I started off by asking, hey, so why do you guys want to do this? And it was just because even with the money in the hobby, the stories are what bring us together. And mm -hmm. every single one of them had a unique type of story they wanted to tell. Like I, I'm taking over this one to talk because I'm so excited. I cannot wait for some of these pieces of content to be produced because every single one was very unique and specific to that person's collecting as well as the shop that they were tied to. We're building a community, right? And exactly. some of it was building the community, exposing people to other people's stories, um, other ways of doing things that hadn't been really considered. And so, yeah, just the, the mindset that, that they had was refreshing and encouraging. The, the thing that I like most is sometimes we get this whole, there are so many people doing podcasts now, there's so many people doing YouTube shows now, and they're all the same. The stuff we heard today of the things that these people were thinking about were not the same as what's being done. They were people taking it to a whole nother level. And that was exciting to me too. How great is that? That new content. I mean, Ivan, you and I have been kind of documenting some of that new content that we see, you know, what was it a couple of weeks ago? Hobby, um, Don's hobby Don's mm -hmm. brilliantly shot, very niche, super high end audience, yada, yada. But that's the, just it about content creation, right? There's enough in this hobby that anybody that has a story to tell can do it. Well, and I always bring it back to why do we collect? And there is a reason that these assets are a different type of asset. And it's because of the nostalgia and the connection. You know, it's not just buying pieces of paper and selling pieces of paper. We see it at the national on the main stage with the, the just the plethora of different people that come through there and what they have highest end, you know, lowest common, and they're all excited about it. Why? And another thing that's really interesting um, about this event is all of the vendors and product sponsors that Beckett's brought together, also all very diverse. There's things that I didn't know existed, things that are coming out that are really exciting. Um, and then some traditional, uh, you know, I mean, Fanatics is here, but they have a new product that they're actually, you know, pitching to shop owners and breakers, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, so there, there's my first, my first impressions. Yeah, I'd say from that, that product showcase that I, the thing that I like out of that too is there's a variety of things that you can, that you can see. There's a variety of things that you can um, learn more about. There's people from, there's multiple supply manufacturers that are here. There's multiple card manufacturers that are here. There's multiple distributors that are here. There's people all coming together to talk about how can we make the hobby stronger? How can we push each other to grow? How can we push each other to make sure we're on our game and that we're gonna be on our game into the future too. And so whether that is on the the manufacturer side, whether that's on the hobby shop side or the content creator side, it really does feel like there's people here that are just coming together to figure out how to make each other take it to the next level. We've got a box of Panini Black that came late. This was, we were supposed to open this on the show, Ivan, mm -hmm. Thursday. FedEx didn't do their job though, so we got it late. And you talked me into bringing something. Yeah, so I've got the, um, 
basically they put gogts.net on the back too, kind of like a snapshot. So normally we'd go to gogts.net, but I can tell you uh, there's a lot of cool cards in here. Hopefully we'll hit a sizable signatures rookie or a right, white knight regulators force field. I'm so glad you Lots have your glasses because I can't read the back. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so overall, there is uh, five NFL trading cards inside of this. And guess what? What are we doing with the hits, Rob? We give them away. Yeah, we're going to give them away. So even though we're not live, you'll have a chance to enter to win the hits from this box. And make sure you go to twitter.com slash live to enter to win whatever we are about to pull. Oh, my goodness. You know what, Rob? What? I don't think we have penny sleeves. We don't, but that's okay. I'll take really good care of them between now and then. Put it in a top loader! <laughs> don't touch it! We've had some good times. Alright, one pack. Black 2021 football. So now that we've had one week of the football season, we know exactly who we're chasing. We know that we don't have to chase Trevor Lawrence anymore, right? Because they lost. Um, we know we do need to chase Trey Lance. They lost. Right? So is that well, the best card or the worst card? I, I don't know, but it is a top rookie, Ooh, Trey Sermon, and it's numbered to just 75. This next card is awesome. Is this what it feels like to to open these every every week? This is a sizable signatures rookie, numbered to ninety nine of Amon Ra St. Brown for the Detroit Lions, who may have lost, but they put up some big some big game in that game. But look at that. Let me see that. So okay, so they took the sticker and put it on the acetate part. That's kind of cool. Still. And then it's numbered to just 50. <gasps> it is about to get crazy in here. All right. I'll give I'll give you the whammy. So next up we have a redemption. Mm. But hey, if you know anything about this product, you know that one of the redemption autos is Jamar Chase. And not only is it a Jamar Chase auto, it's a rookie autographs Sapphire. Wait, is this like the third? Jamar Chase we've got? No, we had a rollover. It's at least the second Jamar it's Chase It's at least the second, yeah. And it looks like Sapphire is probably numbered like 50 or 49 because it's it's listed after the silver, which is numbered 75. So low numbered. Oh my God. I didn't even see the full card. <laughs> this next card sucks. It's not an autograph. We're not giving it away because we only give away the autographs. How about a Trevor Lawrence Nike swoosh? One of one. <laughs> boom! Holy cow! Wow. Even on the road at the Industry Summit, we're pulling booms. <gasps> oh, look at how beautiful that is. So I saw the color and I saw this has to be one of those like special inserts or something. It said futuristic, but I couldn't, even with teasing that, I couldn't see the Nike swoosh on that. One of one, which I believe, let's see what they call that. Um, uh, platinum, is that, a, is that platinum? Looks like it's platinum on most of these. So I'm assuming it's platinum as well on that. The colors are just, Futuristic. look at that design. And that swoosh oh just blends in so beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> 
Last card. It's just a base card, but it's another great rookie, Najee oh. Harris. Holy cow. So we will be giving the Jamar Chase uh, redemption away. We will be giving away. You did a great job of pronouncing his name. Thank you. We'll be giving it this card away. And <laughs> we'll be giving the Trevor Lawrence card away as well. So you guys know what to do. We're going to make yep. it really easy. Just retweet the pinned tweet. Yeah. Twitter.com slash live. You also have to be following us. Obviously. And then we will draw the winner randomly um, and post the winner. We'll make it easy this time. Uh, winners. But, uh, yeah, you definitely want to be following us right now. Absolutely. For your chance to win with GoGTS. All right. Cool. Boom. All right. What an incredible night. What an incredible event. Thank you, all of you that have been sitting here watching this this long with us. So we're going to do the giveaways a little bit different this week. So those two absolutely awesome hits, uh, the Jamar Chase autograph and the Amon Ra St. Brown autograph, we're going to give those away live right now-ish, because as I mentioned, this is pre-recorded. So the way you enter to win those is right now, while watching the broadcast, I'm looking at the time. I'm going to see what happens on Twitter, even though I'm at home enjoying my evening. You are going to tweet at us. Go GTS Live on Twitter. Tweet the hashtag Industry Summit 21 to Go GTS Live on Twitter. You also have to be following us to enter to win. And then shoot that tweet at us. I will see and I will draw two winners from those tweets for those two incredible hits. So those two already incredible hits we're going to give away that way. And then the Trevor Lawrence one of one. We're going to announce the winner live at the beginning of next week's show. So remember, retweet the penned tweet. It's that broadcast of this show. Retweet that to enter to win must be following us to win, must be watching next week when we go live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time in order to claim your prize. And again, we looked up comps on that. It looks like it's a $2,000 plus card if recent comps are to be believed. Absolutely insane. Arguably the biggest card we've ever given away on this show. So we want to give everybody a week of watching this show to enter to win that. But to reward you live viewers, the other autographs from that Panini black box we're going to give away right now to live viewers. So thank you for sticking around throughout the entire show. On behalf of my co-host, uh, Rob Bertrand, who made it all possible, thank you. Uh, huge thanks to James Gale, the asset, who put all this together, took some time uh, today to record these segments with me as well. Couldn't do any of this without you, James. A uh, big shout-out to Lloyd Key and David Reel at GTS Distribution for making the trip possible, uh, as well as everything that they brought to the Industry Summit to help out dealers, breakers, uh, in the industry as a whole. And thank you to the Industry Summit for having us. Um, you know, we were really excited to be there. There was some great programming. We learned a lot. So thank you, uh, Beckett and the Industry Summit. That's all, folks. Always be collecting.